All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2014, um, I guess, found footage, uh, as above, so below. Um, I mean, it's kind of framed as found footage, right? Yeah, it, 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 I never, like, I was thinking about it the other day, actually. Like, what is, because I always think found footage is, you know, footage that is that is found. But I feel like, you know, they, they film this footage, they take it with them, you know. I don't, is it found footage? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of just one of those things that kind of evolved over time um, in terms of this movie is primarily filmed through like headlamps or hand, hand cameras or that sort of thing too, giving it a little bit more realistic vibe to it. So not so much found footage because um, as we continue to talk about this movie, we'll kind of explain why. But uh, yeah, on that front, I guess it's just kind of the way they filmed it on that front. Like, could you consider Chronicle? Remember that one? The, the superhero oh, yeah. one? Yeah, can you consider that found footage? I think it is considered found footage, but again, I almost feel like there needs to be a distinction between, like, like in my mind, like, found footage is, like, a horror genre in particular, but then I feel like there's also just, like, documentary style, or I don't know, like, self-film footage, I don't know, like, some other genre where it doesn't imply the same, like, I feel like Blair Witch is found footage because it's found, Paranormal Activity mm-hmm. is found footage because they find the footage, but here it's, like, these people clearly walked, like, they are making a documentary, or, like, they are intentionally making this thing, and they have cuts in it, and it's, like, I don't know, it felt very intentional, like, it, I, I just mm-hmm. assumed that at the end of this movie... Scarlet goes off and is like, all right, put it together. <laughs> like, you know, mm. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, and the other thing, too, you can think of is just like, well, if it's found footage on that front, then... Ah, oh, crap, I just had a total brain fart. I'm sorry, continue with your turn of thought. That, that was it. I know it, it is found footage, and I feel like everyone's like, you guys are idiots, this is found footage. But it just feels like, oh, a, yeah. like not, not, not the most apt name to me. Yeah, no, no, I, I know what it is. So what if it's like a horror movie where like they find a film within a film? Like I can't think of any like horror movie examples, but like the game Immortality, which came out this year, um, would recommend, by the way, it's on Game Pass. Uh, but basically it revolves around you're researching through these films that were lost to time and like you're going through the cuts of the final cuts and also the dress rehearsals and that sort of thing too. Um, so I wonder if that would be considered a found footage movie too. With the, v- with you're the VHS like movies? Yeah, well, it, it's it's all like film, film. Um, so, but you are combing through footage of a film within the game. So, oh, like, would that be you, considered found footage as well? I don't did know. you watch Archive eighty four or that one's called the one on Netflix? Because that, that's the I plot of that. I, I only watched oh, it four episodes okay. of it, but that is the plot. Is the guy goes to like recut a set of found footage, like a, a set of footage, and like revamp it and like clean it. And while he's there, he's seeing the story playing out in the film. In the recordings, but also like things are happening around him while he's doing it. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. I have to check that out. Was it good? Uh, I didn't finish it, but I've heard it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's one of those like shows that I feel like I watched and I was like, it's pretty interesting. But then like, if it turned off and I walked away, I'm not clamoring back for it. You know. Hmm. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's either you watch it right away and then forget about it, or you watch a few episodes and then forget about it. Yeah. Exactly. But like mm-hmm. I. I never have the, I have no desire. Like, talking about it now, I'm not like, I'm curious how that ended. Because I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know. I'm There's a deem. I can guess how it's going to end. I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, um, in general, how are you doing, Andrew? Any toilet-related updates? Oh, you know, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, breaking of the toilet. I think last time we talked, um, we were toiletless and showerless. But now we have a toilet. Uh, we have a toilet and a bathroom with nothing else. Um, you were, you so- were pooping in the yard, right? Uh, just right. I was digging a hole right up in the front yard and pooping, I'm watching watching the animals in the zoo across the street stare at me. You know, it was a it was a good time. Uh, you know, but now now we have a toilet. It flushes. There's no light in the room, so I, I poop in the dark, like just good like stuff. I imagine people in this movie do. Um, mm-hmm. We know we never seen anybody poop in this movie. I imagine they're down there for a while. Somebody had to poop. That's, that's my theory. I mean, the entire thing in this movie. I feel like it takes place over a couple hours, but. No, this poop. Yeah, definitely poop. I, I can see them holding themselves, or maybe they just pooped in their pants, and that's that. Because there's definitely a few jump scares where they would have got them. And yeah, they pooped down the well. That, that yeah, they should have yeah, done. Yeah. They should have been like, they should have been like, let me see if how if, you know, let me see how far it is. <laughs> pop a squat, <laughs> like listen for the, the drop. Blood, the blood, the blood puddle where the one falls <laughs> in. It's just like, all right, I'm gonna first before we go down there. Let's just go ahead and poop in it. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> 
but yeah, like, oh yeah, no, at the very end, no, 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 at the very, very end, where they toss the the, the, the flame down there, like the flame cloth down there, to see how deep it goes. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go ahead and boop down there. Or they get or, <laughs> see or, or, how or a they... lot it takes to fit. Or when they jump, they just land and they hit the ground. They're covered in shit. And like, what the fuck? Because they're at the bottom of the manhole, right? There's like a sewer grate there. So they're like, oh, oh God. yeah, that's right. Yeah, covered yeah. in shit. Uh, yeah, and that was right in the sun too. So um, yeah, uh, that that kind of uh, brings us to our next part. Oddly enough, in terms of uh, yeah, the, I, I picked this movie as above, so below because um, I actually just got back from our Paris trip. Uh, with uh, my now fiance, and uh, we had a very, very good time. Uh, but one thing that we kept doing is we kept calling the Seine the uh, Pea River and also the Poop <laughs> River as well because it does smell like pee sometimes. Uh, it's a major city. It, it is what it is. So, yeah. I feel like you buried the lead there, Dan. Like, what what happened while you were there? Uh, <laughs> we went to the catacombs. I had, like, ten croissants, chocolate croissants. It was fantastic. Oh, yes, I also got engaged. That, that, that is now something that happened. So, yay. Your boy. Yay. I don't know what to say on that front except yay, it happened. She said yes. Woohoo. Now that's that. She's still not gonna watch horror movies with me, but that oh, that's that, that wasn't part of the there. prenup or the Ah no, we still gotta draft that up. Oh okay. That is you, something you, I can do. Just include that in the prenup. There we go. Makes just sense. don't 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 let her see. Just be like, yeah, where, <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> it's, it's it's a legal term for something else, absolutely. And she's totally listening from the other room right now, so it's okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Uh, she actually just walked in right now. She's being very silent. She giving you the eyes. She's giving me the eyes. <laughs> She's giving me the weird eyes. <laughs> anyway, yes, I had about ten chocolate croissants the entire time, and it was good stuff right there. But uh, yes, we are engaged, which is at cool. At least double that. Uh, she least. said, "At least double that." If you couldn't hear that. <laughs> anyway, that's wow, that. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very good trip. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, but the biggest reason, um, I'm trying to think of like anything fun stories that would be good for a podcast for entertainment. Um, I'm really off the top of my head right there. But the, the biggest reason is uh, one of the things we did on one of the very last days is we did do a catacombs tour. Um, so I got to tour the catacombs. Um, in terms of the basic, it's a self-guided tour. You basically pay your tickets, you choose a time, you walk down about 200 steps, and you spend about 30 to 45 minutes going through a self-guided tour, which um, actually passes a lot of the locations that were on the uh, in the movie, uh, which is pretty cool. So when I watched this movie afterwards, when I got back, I was just the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Hey, hey, I recognize that place. <laughs> hey, all right, I know that. I know that. I walked through that. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty cool. Um, definitely very quick. So, like, if you're expecting to, like, climb over bones or shit like that, definitely not. And oh, if question. you are expecting to take bones out of there, um, they have no bones about it. They, they do check your bags and your pockets when you leave. So you cannot take it out, unfortunately, unless you're, like, super, super secret about it. What if you put it in your mouth? Ooh. Yeah. That would do it. Or what or if you replace, like, one of your bones with another bone? Like, it's a take a bone, leave a bone sort of situation. See, that's what I was thinking. So they check you on the way out. Do they check you on the way in? Could you could you bring bones in and like add them to the pile? They do not check. Well, you do you do go through a metal detector. Bones are metal. Um, but is yeah, bones are not metals unless you have like an implant or something in there. Um, then yeah, you theoretically could leave bones down there. So Damn. Hmm. all right, good, good, no, good yeah, to know. yeah, no, no. There, there, there are, I'm sure there are some of like skin flakes and hair molecules, follicles like in the catacombs of mine right now. So. Hmm. That's that. I also saw Gattaca the other week, so I've been thinking about my hair molecules a lot. Good movie. Anyway. (laughs) That's a great movie. (laughs) Ethan Hawke movie. Uh, I have to ask, so when you were down, like, so you said that, like, things were similar. Like, were there, was it, like, those stacks of bones that, like, not that you you could climb over them, but, like, could you see beyond them? Like, like, if you were to theoretically decide to climb over them, you could? Is that, like, a possibility? Damn. Um... So, yes and no, depending on where the, the areas we were in, no, you could not climb over them. But it was the first 20 minutes of the movie, because this this is one of the first movies that the French government actually allowed them to film down in the catacombs, which is pretty cool. Um, so, like, the first 20 minutes are 100% the catacombs. Um, like, the bone piles, we walked past those. Um, the, 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 the arch that says, you know, gateway to the land of the dead. I, I don't remember what the exact French is, but yeah, I passed through those arcs, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff on that front. 
So very authentic on that front. They did a very, very good job. This movie does, um, yeah, in terms of um, actually filming inside the catacombs and making it authentic. So were yeah, there, were there like guides? Like you mentioned, you got to like, you got to free walk down there. But did they give you any kind of background or history, or was it really just kind of up to you? Um, so there are multiple different types of tours you can take. We opted for the self-guided tour. So what happened was when you walk on in, they have a little cell phone, which is just this tiny little Android device that comes pre-registered with an app. Um, and basically throughout the catacombs, there's a number of panels. And then like, if you press number one, if you see the number one, all you have to do is hit one on the app. And then there'll be a voice that kind of explains the history of this particular room or kind of guides you through the history of the catacombs from there. And there's also a little text document you could read that's loaded in and saved on that front as well. Um, there were groups of tours as well. We kind of let them pass us because they were being very loud and very obnoxious. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. So that's pretty how much of it was, but it was very, you know, it was, it was one straight path the whole way through. They blocked everything off. And then of course there were like workers mingling down there to make sure that no one took bones or, you know, making sure that their backpacks weren't scraping against the walls or anything like that. Hmm. So, you know, you weren't alone for most of it, thankfully. Um, well, unthankfully, I don't know. I, I thought that would have been cool to like turn all the lights off and be like, it wounds. So, could could you yeah. have like like not like yeah like was so it was very clearly marked off like you couldn't have theoretically kept like were there was there, there were there blockages at the end of every way like or could you yeah. theoretically like you couldn't just go forever essentially you couldn't like they wouldn't let you walk solid away. gates yeah now Damn. this particular area was just solid gates so basically it goes through um, so you start off in um, a kind of history room it's like this white paneled room with a whole bunch of like signs um in english french and multiple languages that kind of give the history of the catacombs which um if you do not know uh the catacombs are a set of tunnels roughly about 200 miles long that travel under most of paris um and it is a huge cultural cornerstone in parisian just culture in general um, there are people who are just catacombs explorers and they kind of make a hobby out of it in terms of finding these hidden entrances all over Paris, usually through a manhole or through, you know, somewhere in a wall somewhere going on in. There are people who live down there, homeless people um, or just people who just made the catacombs their home. There, of course, are a couple of crazies. But from what I understand, because I actually did a little bit of a deep dive into, well, at the very least, found there was a subreddit for people who like to explore the catacombs and talk about, you know, what type of people are down there. But most of them just want to be left alone. And they're just like, yeah, we just want to live down here. And we're a little bit kooky and a little bit weird. But, you know, it's peaceful. It's calm down there. That sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was created, started off with as a limestone quarry, actually, because um, during the 12th century, as Paris was being built up, there was a lot of stone that needed to be pulled from everywhere. So they pulled a lot of the stone from the suburbs. And as the city started expanding, um, the tunneling techniques that they used in the 12th century basically made it so that the ground above it was a little bit unstable. Uh, they basically just did straight horizontal digging on that front. And then later on, when the churches in Paris um, realized that they had way too many dead bodies in the cemeteries they were filling up too much, they basically took all the bones and just kind of piled them up all throughout the catacombs. So there are an estimated about 6 million bones, like full sets of bones in the catacombs. So it's a very, very bony, bony place. Um, and they literally just stack it. Like I walked right past like hundreds, if not thousands of them as you walk through the tour. Um, not allowed to touch it, of course, but uh, it was it was, it was was a very cool experience. That's awesome. And they, or this bot, yeah. they're, they're just like, they're like they're not from like plague or anything. They're just like just regular bodies that you know they never have anywhere to bury essentially. Yeah, most of them are from movements um, in terms of like moving them from one cemetery to another. As they they would dig up the corpses and then they would place them. And that's actually kind of a cool thing too because um, as we continued to walk along the side, there were little um, signs that basically said you know hey this is where this particular cemetery was from or this particular church um, had these particular bones. So if you wanted to, you know, go back down and visit and say, oh, my great, 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 great grandma Gertrude is buried in the, you know, Rose Cemetery. Um, I can go down to the catacombs. I'll see a little sign that says these bones right here were pulled from the Rose Cemetery. So you can kind of see the general area of where they are. Mm. Uh, but cool. most of them were pulled on in from there. As far as I'm aware, no, people do not um, 
you don't put bones down there anymore. Although I guess theoretically you could because they don't check it on the way in. They only check it on the way out. So you could leave with more bones than less bones or less bones than more bones. Um, yeah. So that's how that goes right there. That's awesome. But it was, it was a cool experience. Definitely not my favorite thing I did in Paris, but um, it, it, it was very quick. I and know, honestly, a little bit touristy, but it was pretty cool. What, what was your favorite thing, like, other than possibly getting engaged? Like, what, you know, Ooh, what, what would be? yeah. Because I, I, I don't know if she's in the room with you, but, you know, if you say not that, I don't know what could happen. No, no, she's, 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 she's gone right now. I, I, oh. Fuck, we're, we're not over a video. Um, so, I, you, so know, you can be, you can be honest very, what you're saying. <laughs> I, I'm going to do this very, very subtly, okay? Okay. Blink. Blink. Anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, no, that was good. Um, honestly, I just enjoyed walking. Like, that mm-hmm. was my favorite thing to do. It was Christmas market season, and we stumbled across the biggest Christmas market in all of Paris, so that was really, really cool. Um, I, I, I enjoy, like, going up to high places, like observation decks and that sort of thing. So uh, we did Sacre-Cœur, which was um, to the north of Paris. It's situated on a big hill, and we walked up to the top of the Sacre-Cœur church. Uh, that was beautiful. You could see all of Paris from there. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, that was probably my favorite favorites in terms of like touristy things to do on that front. Other than that, um, yeah, I just enjoyed walking around. I really enjoyed all the patisseries and bludgeries we went to um, and just, you know, enjoyed everything. And the food too. Very, very good food. Awesome. Yeah. Hey boy. Other than that, yeah, that was that. So it's been a busy past two weeks. I'm sorry it's been so long since the last episode, um, but that's how it you. goes. Yeah. I, I did try to get. I did try to get. Uh, I tried to get a couple of friends to do another episode, um, but uh, they both chickened out. So. Oh, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, your brother was traveling, so I was like, I don't want to ask him when he's traveling. So, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I did. I even got them to watch. We watched Gantt Zero, which is a great movie. Um, and but uh, we we're like, ah, no, 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 they want to say about it. So we're like, okay, you know, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for Dan to come back. Uh-huh. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. good. Well, we are back. We are here, and we're ready to go. Yeah, well, you... So, as above, so below. Um, yeah, I, I picked this movie once again just because I knew I was going to the catacombs. But do you want to give us a little summary of what this movie is about? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, basically, uh, movie follows um, a, a group of kind of explorers, you might say, uh, a, a young woman whose um, father um, passed away searching for the philosopher's stone, um, which is kind of an alchemical stone. Uh, if anybody's seen Fullmetal Alchemist, you know. Kind of similar to that, basically, it was the stone or, you know, that had like red Harry Potter. You no, know? fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Only in Fullmetal Alchemist, fuck you. <laughs> when I when I heard that the Philosopher's Stone is actually called, uh, or when, it, when the uh, what, what was it, what was the Harry Potter and the what's Sorcerer's what's, Stone? Sorcerer's Stone. When the Sorcerer's Stone yeah. was the Philosopher's Stone, I was like, fuck that. It's not that. No, only Fullmetal Alchemist can have that title. Also, it, they specifically refer to alchemy in this movie, so it's definitely the Fullmetal Alchemist one, not the dumb one from Harry Potter. Um, mm. So take that. <laughs> um, but basically, this, this girl's looking for the um, Philosopher's Stone, um, and she finds um, in some ruins, uh, some ruins, basically saying that um, the stone was buried underneath the, uh, the body of this guy, which is like three hundred, like what is it, two hundred fifty uh, feet meters below the ground. Um, and they end up yeah. finding that that area is like roughly like right kind of below where all the caverns are under paris so they decide to enlist the help of a local kind of guy who's kind of known to go spelunking through the um the caverns and they go um underground to try to find the philosopher's stone and as they're down there weird shit starts happening uh, people start dying and uh you know comes pretty uh pretty uh, harrowing experience for them i don't want to give too much away i don't know how not to spoil too much <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So let's do our typical thing in terms of just like we kind of give our impressions. First off, spoiler free, then we'll jump into spoiler territory and talk about it from there. So, Andrew, what did you think of As Above, So Below? Because this is your second time watching this movie, right? Yes, and it was a lot more enjoyable. Um, So I actually really liked it. Um, I I didn't realize that this is by the same guy who did um, the Poughkeepsie tapes, but I... I, I see a lot of it in his, like, natural, and, like, how natural a lot of the dialogue goes on in this. There's one scene in particular in this movie, which when I first watched it, it blew me out of it uh, immediately. Um, but everything after they get into the caves, I feel like it's pretty good um, and mm. natural-seeming. And even before that, there are some really good kind of scenes. Like, there's a scene that, like, when they first meet Papillon and his, uh, his group, and they start, like, beatboxing, pretending, doing impressions. And it's so genuine feeling. I love it. And I feel mm. like... That, that really is this director's strength, I feel like. I think they're really good at that. Um, and so it really kind of charmed me. And again, I don't think it's a very scary movie, but I like the concept of it. And when I was done with it, I did kind of go do a little research on kind of like what it was talking about. 
in terms of like the lore and like the layers of hell and all that stuff mm-hmm. and like how it kind of ties to that. And I thought that was really interesting. So I really kind of appreciate what he put behind that. And hearing you talk about the caverns, uh, the catacombs, sorry, and kind of, uh, you know, being able to see the, the uh, you know, what was in the film kind of makes it even more interesting to me. So I, I, don't know, I enjoy that. I enjoy when there's a lore behind things, especially when they can tie it to lore outside the film. Um, but yeah, have yeah, it yourself. And- that that is one thing that I kind of want to touch on is the movie eventually kind of gets into an allegory of Dante's Infernal in terms of getting to the lower layers of hell over and over again. And I thought that was a very just interesting way of doing it. Honestly, someone I, I, I read descriptions somewhere a while ago that said this is like a Tomb Raider if the Tomb Raider went really, really, really bad. Like if Lara <laughs> Croft went on an adventure to the catacombs and it went very, very bad. This is this is kind of what the movie is. And I can see that definitely. Um this movie does have its problems, I feel, in terms of some of the scenes, I, I, I don't feel are as, what's the best word I'm looking for, kind of took me out of it, um, but it does feel very authentic in many ways. Um, like, again, my I actually paused the movie at one point, and my now fiancé walked in on into the room, and she was just like, those are some French-looking men, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> but that's that. I don't know. I don't know what it, what it does on that front. Um that was actually something that we were talking about a lot because a lot of people, even if I wasn't speaking English, because my fiance speaks um, French, and so then she was able to kind of translate a lot for us, and it was kind of funny to kind of walk on up and just not even say a word, and they immediately tell that we were English speakers. Um, so we were trying to figure out, you know, how do they know? Because, I don't know, we, we generally look fairly European, so I don't know. I don't know. It's that um, Elf America I, t-shirt you have on. Or the MAGA yeah, hat. Yeah, I guess that's what true. It really is. No, it's the, it's, the, it's the Simpsons where, like, the the Uncle Sam has the world and he's about to take a bite of it and it's just, like, try and stop us. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing we could think of is just I didn't wear as tight-fitting jeans as most the problem. Parisian men do. So I, don't, I think it was kind of our fashion. Or just no, we weren't I, as fashionable. So my stepfather travels a lot for, um, he, he does, he works for the Paralympic team as one of the, um, uh, medicine guys athletic trainers for the paralympic team uh-huh. the u.s paralympic team and they travels around a lot and one of the things he told me before we went to the azores was he's like hey you know like one way that people really figure out i don't know if this is true or not if you're just talking out of his ass but he said that um uh americans wear sneakers a lot when we like when we go out in places mm-hmm. but like most people wear, like but he said like a lot of people in european people you know don't wear like you know you're walking around town and like you wouldn't just be wearing sneakers you're you know like what, what are what are non-sneaker shoes loafers yeah, like loafers. Yeah, and like, and I was like, oh, like, and like, and so when we went to the Azores, I I looked for that, and I did. I noticed in um, in the airport in Lisbon, I saw like people weren't wearing sneakers. But then when we were in the Azores, a lot of people were kind of wearing sneakers. But also like we were kind of in a countryside area, so maybe that's different. Um, yeah. But I was like, because I was, I, I try, I try to take note of that when he said that and try to pay attention. It was hard, you know. Um, but maybe, maybe I don't know if that's actually a thing or not. I don't know if you noticed that at all. Yeah, I, the only thing I can think of is we wore waterproof shoes. Like, I didn't wear sneakers. I bought uh, Vessi waterproof shoes. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Vessi. Uh, <laughs> but no, they were really, they were really, really good shoes. They, they're not sneakers, but um, it was in rainy season. So we were just like, we kind of let that. Um, yeah. Anyway, I completely dodged the question in terms of what I thought of this movie. Um, you did. How dare you? Yeah, I, I liked it. I don't, I don't think it's as good as the Poughkeepsie tapes. I don't think... Mm. It definitely has a. It definitely does not deserve the Rotten Tomato score, which is like twenty percent or something. Super, super low on that front. Um, definitely not. I, I, I do think also as well. I don't know. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but I feel like they could have leaned a little bit more into the Dante's Inferno aspects, especially mm-hmm. the solution as to how they get out of the cavern um, yeah. at the very very end that kind of came out of a little bit of left field even though i did see the seeds they planted i felt they could have made it a little bit more obvious or at the very least kind of put the tone in there because just that theme that they were trying to push i don't feel it was necessarily earns um i i, I do like the um yeah i, I don't want to get a spill true on that front but i do like another aspect of the ending too uh, hmm. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this movie, like I said before, it is one of the very, very first movies to actually be filmed in the catacombs um, themselves. So yeah, this it was filmed mostly on site, which is very cool. A lot of the locations were actual Parisian locations. Like uh, there's one scene in the beginning where they walk past a bar, which is right on the River of the Sun. Um and I remember I walked past that exact same bar just a few days ago, and I was just like, oh, hey, I recognize that. That's cool. Um, so it is very authentic to, like, Parisian culture and everything like that, um, as far as I could tell, just from my limited amount of time there on that front. 
Um, yeah. Overall, I think it was an enjoyable experience. I definitely don't think it's an amazing movie, but I feel it's a very, very solid found footage one. And um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. So ready to dive into spoiler territory then? Yeah, boy, let's do it. All right, sounds good. So spoilers from this part on if you are interested in seeing the movie. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Um, where do we want to start off with on the As Above, So Below? So I want to start off with the scene that knocked me out of the movie the first time I watched it. Oh, yeah, it, absolutely. It did, it did a little bit too this time as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was right in the beginning. <laughs> it was um, yeah. the scene with Ben Feldman when he first appears because uh, it was so dumb and quirky. Uh, so uh, in, in the beginning of the film, um, Scarlett is uh, looking around. She, she, well, there's actually a pretty good scene, I thought, at the beginning of her uh, in Iran um, finding this uh, rose key, which is basically like a key that's used to trans to help translate like a um, like a like a ran, like a Rosetta Stone essentially. So um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, but so so she finds that, and then she's like, "Oh, I found this key, but it it translates this tablet to this language that I can't speak. So I have to go find this genius, the only guy I know, the only guy in the world I don't know who fucking speaks this mm-hmm. language." And it's Ben Feldman from uh, Superstore. Um, or um, what else is he in? He's in a... Uh, I honestly... Mad I, Men. I don't know. I've never seen this active actor before. So. Oh, he's, he's in Mad uh-huh. Men. He's in Superstore. He's in... He, I don't know. He, it, it, in Superstore, he's oh, such he like... Oh, he's in Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in Silicon playing. Valley. Yeah. Was he, he was a lawyer? Um, yeah, he's a lawyer. Uh, oh, nice. But okay, he's I such like, like a, a milk toast guy that when, they, when, he come, when he appears with his little, like, his little beard and his... Like like a little dirt on his face and his. I thought his teeth were fake, but apparently they're not. <laughs> I guess he got some teeth surgery, or he got his teeth fixed because they look really bad. Um, anyway, we meet him, and it's this very like I don't know, like millennial, not millennial, but like aughts kind of movie character who he's he's like he's alternative, so he breaks in he breaks into old buildings in order to fix them. And that's his mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, this is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that, that, that this guy who apparently like knows this dead language that nobody else knows and apparently apparently also has the the ability to fix like a centuries old uh, clock is breaking into this like ancient church to fix it and without anybody knowing and he's sneaking in places. And like not only that, that this girl knows that's what he does and that's how to find him. I was just like mm-hmm. this like literally when I first I turned the I'm pretty sure I actually turned the movie off for a while and like come back. Because <laughs> I was just, it was just the dumbest thing I've ever went. seen. And then you went to your dark bathroom and you pooped in the dark. Exactly. And then I thought, you know, maybe maybe this is what the caves are like. <laughs> uh, but literally, that scene, I, I don't know, how, I don't know how to like some even. And again, when I watched it, knowing that it was coming, I was like, this is so fucking. Like, I don't know why, but it just angers me. It was such a dumb scene. You could tell that somebody wrote it and was like, this is what interests this character. He's a, but like, it, it doesn't have. Like, we don't learn like his ability to fix a clock or like you know fix ancient things never comes up again. Like mm-hmm. this, that's very like you know, nice ingenuity he has. Like you know, they construct something later or fix like an ancient thing they find underground, like, maybe some old like pulley system or something like that. These for mining. Nope. Mm-hmm. Just like that's just how we meet him. He breaks into old churches and fixes them, and like nobody like nobody cares. Or like why, why wouldn't they? Like I'm sure they want this thing fixed. If this guy can fix it, or maybe it was broken and like you know, if, if it rings, it's just gonna break the structure. Like you know, I don't know. It was honestly. I'm assuming there's so many old European churches that they don't have the greatest security. So. I mean, she picked an she picked an ancient lock, which makes me wonder how he got in there. Uh, with yeah. like a, but like I don't know. I just thought that was dumb. I thought it was a really dumb part of the movie. Why not? Like, why not just have it be like, oh, I know this guy, and she goes and finds him. Like, goes mm-hmm. to his house. Maybe he's at a university studying a language. Like, why is he? Like, why is he this character? I, guess, um, I don't. Yeah, know. I guess the one thing they could do is maybe something like you know, just because he's resourceful, they kind of put that in there a little bit, and especially just he knows a lot about dead languages or not even dead just culturally he knows a lot about you know how they constructed this type of machinery back in the 12th or 10th century or wherever it was so i guess they were trying to push that but but never come yeah i agree wouldn't it make more sense if he worked in the church because he doesn't he he broke into the church if he worked in the church maybe it makes sense that he knows this dead language that only that's written by these like religious people (laughs) <laughs> like you know or like you know that has to do with this lore of this philosopher's stone which you know again in, in this in this movie is very surrounded by dante's inferno again like a very mm-hmm. religious like leaning text like because that's one thing that's interesting too is it, this film has a lot of religious elements and you know we mentioned like it's very much dante's inferno when they go underground um yeah but none of the characters really bring up religion at all which i thought was very interesting none of them like a couple, a couple of years ago, oh, that's hell that's hell that they keep saying that but like wouldn't it be more interesting if like i don't know one of them was like oh this is like this is like a layer of hell like here the here's where the people who commit suicide are here's where the think... here's the philosopher's stone that's fake like uh-huh. 
you know i, feel like, I, I think feel it would like, be i i i, I kind of like the angle they took on it in terms of they and they mixed religion and culture because you know it's religion back in let's say ancient greece is like zeus and zeus and hercules and all that sort of thing too which nobody in today's age believes in but at the same time it was a big part of their culture back then so i kind of like that aspect of it hmm. just the intermingling of religion and culture yeah, I, I don't know. I sort of like some interaction like, or somebody to recognize what's going on, really, I guess, other mm-hmm. than her at the very end where she, it's not like, she, I don't think she doesn't recognize it. She just like knows it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, but that that, that, that opening scene, I, that just kills me. Sorry, that's not the opening scene. It's like a 20 minutes into the movie, but it, it, it killed me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, you know. Um, yeah, what, what did you think of, uh, what do you think of the characters? Yeah, so the characters we have, uh, the main character is Scarlet, who is played by Perdita Weeks. Uh, never heard of her, honestly, before then, but uh, she did good. She's got kind of like this spunky, honestly, like Lara Croft is a good comparison. Like it, Lara Croft in her younger days, she's spunky, she's adventurous, she doesn't let anything stop her. Like the opening scene is literally, oh, the, the walls are crumbling around me, but no, I have to solve this ancient mystery of what's behind this panel. Um, so that was that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, she's fun to watch on that front. Um, George, ben, played by Ben Feldman, is fine in this movie. Um there was something I wanted to say about him later on. Oh, yeah. No, I read online that uh, apparently he does have mild claustrophobia. So, like, he had to constantly take breaks while filming this movie just because he was struggling so much with uh, filming. Um, that sort of thing right there. Um, <laughs> all the other characters besides, you know, the French guy for the catacombs, which uh, Francis, Papillon. I think his name was? Papillon? Papillon. Papillon, that's it. Yes, Papillon. Yeah. Butterfly. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. He was, he was fun to watch. I like Everyone else yeah. kind of... Yeah, everyone else was just kind of like, yep. So, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I agree that they were like again. I thought they were they were like eh, characters, but I thought that again they they felt real to me in the sense that they felt pretty lived in together, which I liked. Like I feel like mm-hmm. they, they felt like they were actually friends. Um, so I, you know, I, I gotta 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 give props for that. Um, though actually, uh, the girl, the main girl, she was um, she was in Ready Player One, your favorite movie. Oh really? Who was she? Yeah. She was the wife of the creator, or not, not the wife, because uh, like, she was married to the other guy. Oh, to, Kira? To, Kira was her name? Something Kira, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, my favorite movie and my favorite book and my favorite anything ever, Ready Player I, One. I, just, oh, I know, I know the sequel a... more. It's okay, I understand. Uh, you know, <laughs> n- nothing, like, like, how often do we really get a movie that, a book that passed that's, you know, better than the original? Like, really? <laughs> how, like, you know, it's, it's, it's the Toy Story 2 of, of, of the situation, of, you know, the world. I mean, yes. um, it's, I mean, classic, classic, you know, and just like, just like this movie, you know, it's really great representations of people, you know, really, really understanding, yep. you know, all about that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but no, I felt the characters were pretty good. They felt realistic. They felt lived in. The, the banter felt really good between all of them. Um, yeah, I especially liked how uh, when they meet uh, Papillon for the very first time, he kind of vets them beforehand before guiding them down to the catacombs. Because uh, yeah. that is one thing that's very authentic to catacomb culture is because the French police, you know, they close up all of the entrances and exits that they find throughout the catacombs as they discover them. So people who do discover an entrance, they keep it very, very protected. And it's a big part of the culture. You know, don't go recording where the entrance is. Don't take pictures because then it's people are going to find out about it and eventually they're going to close it up and that'll be one less exit to go explore the catacombs in. So, yeah, oh. that was pretty authentic in terms of how protective he was of everything. And actually, so that, so that, that reminds me. So, like, so in the course of this movie, as they go underground, we, we start to learn these characters' sins, and more or less their sins come back to haunt them, mm-hmm. um, you know, as they travel through the layers of hell. Um, so Pap- Papillon's uh, sin that we see is he has a brother who is in a, I'm assuming he's in a car crash. Do, do, you, get, do you get the context for what actually happened to the brother in the story? Yeah, and that's my problem with this movie is... One of the big things is redemption because, you know, as they continue to go on metaphorically and physically, I guess, it is hell that they're going through. They're, they're literally going through the layers of hell in their own Dante's Infernal sort of journey. Um, and as they continue to go on and each one of the characters sees something that is a big event that they need to repent for. Uh, for Scarlet, it's her dad's suicide. Uh, what was George's again? Oh, yeah, George, uh, his brother drowned in a cave while he was running out to give help, that sort of thing as well. Uh, but Papillon just kind of comes out of nowhere that, oh, yeah, he has a brother who got into a car accident and 
apparently his brother burned to death in the car accidents as the car caught on fire or something like that. Um, yeah, kind of came out of left field, honestly. Yeah, because well, so when I read when I read, read later is the the boy who's in so in terms, so in the beginning of the movie they they are like hey let's go and you know let's go into the catacombs see if we can find our way to this thing underground so before they meet Papillon and they're looking around they're like oh shit these catacombs only go so far we need to get over there and they're like how the fuck do we get there and then behind them mm-hmm. this little boy this not he's not a little boy he's like a teenager is like hey go to the club find Papillon he'll help you out bro and you're like yeah like like that I I have like a string of notes. Like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? What's going on? Why is he here? Does he just sit here the entire time? Does he work here? What's going on? Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I thought um, that was another plot line that just, they're going to, like, it found out that this kid, like, worked with the cult or something like that, too. Because that's another thing, too, because, like, there's this whole cult plot line that's kind of introduced well, at the beginning of the movie. So and then he, one of the girls um, keeps in coming the club, up. yeah, is keeps coming up over and over and over again, and they find her in the catacombs. And it's just like, okay. What do you well, do with that? Nope, just a creepy cult. That's it. So, so the boy's not in the cult. The boy is the brother. The boy's Papillon's brother. Uh-huh. Like, the, the, the kid sitting down there. That's, that's oh, his really? brother. Yeah, that, that's the ghost of his brother, apparently. I, 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 oh, I re- really? I, I didn't know that. I read that. There's no way to tell that, because you see the, the boy for, like, five fucking seconds in the fire. Huh. But so Okay, I like that better. But what you're telling me, though, is this 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 ghost is above. Remember, this is above. He's not in... They're not in hell yet, right? They haven't gone below in, mm-hmm. in that far into hell. So that means this ghost got outside of there, fucking, I don't know, ghosted around until it found somebody who was like... <laughs> This guy will bring my brother to hell, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, again, like, you know, obviously they confront their sins down there, but that doesn't mean they're all sinners and are doomed to hell necessarily. Um, yeah. But this ghost is like, hey, go find my brother. He's in this club. I know he's in this club right here. Go find him. And then bring him, like, with the end game, his end goal being to bring him to hell so that he could drag him into this car thing and kill him. Like, I, it, that, that, like, when I learned it was the brother, it made me even more mad. Like, the cult would have made more sense if they're trying to sacrifice people. That would have made a lot more sense. But apparently it's the brother. Um, which, I, I, again, I, impossible to know on your first watch through or if your 10th watch through because no way those kids look the same. Like, I guess they both mm-hmm. have kind of a fuzzy head. Um, but, like, you know, I, I, that, that just seemed like such a weird thing to me. But, again, it makes you wonder, like, what did he do? Because I guess the impression that I get is, like, my theory was that he crashed the car and, like, the brother, you know, died because he has these burns on his hands so i assumed he got out of the car or you know thrown yes free or something they did establish that. um so that that's my assumption but i would have liked something more because like, that's like you know if it was a car crash and he got you know thrown away from it you know he couldn't really save his brother you know if he's drinking driving maybe something happened you know uh but like i think yeah more context would have been helpful but also the fact that he gets sucked into it and then pulled into the ground was just kind of dumb i don't know mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know if that i don't know if that that kind of concept again ties into something from um Dante's Inferno about maybe being stuck in the ground or sucked into the ground. You know, I don't know if that's a thing. Um, but that just, I don't know, that, that I liked the character and there was an interesting, it was kind of an interesting set because you got to see this car underground, which is kind of, you know, out of place, not anachronistic, but you know, it was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it felt, it just felt dumb. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we got his death and then, okay. So the, the girl walking around. So I didn't know if she was real or not because she kind of disappears a couple of times. Um, and there is actually a really nice scene. I, I paused the movie accidentally, but when I paused it, it's when the, the cameraman's looking outside and you see her walking. But then imposed over here in a reflection is um, uh, Scarlet walking in front of her, mm. which is really cool. And I don't know if that was intentional, that it just happened to be a trick of the scene. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what that was. One of the things I was, I was reading was saying that people thought that um, where the guy dies in the, in the section of hell that he dies is like for like people who are lustrous. And so he keeps looking at people. So he's he's behind the camera. He's looking at people. He's watching this woman. Um, mm. And he, he's the guy. He also comments like, "Oh, that girl's nice legs." When uh, mm-hmm. you see the person talking to him, so that people think that that's like that's what his his sin was, and that's why she attacked mm. him in the I like that um, yeah in the place. But also when she attacked him, wasn't she holding a baby as well? I don't remember honestly. I, I'm pretty sure she's like. So we see. Um, so the, the cameraman uh, Benji. Uh, it's very it's kind of claustrophobic, kind of freaking out throughout the movie. And at one point, they all they they descend through a well. Um, and when they do this, um, actually at this point they're 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 ascending by descending because they're on the other side. They're in hell essentially, so they're backtracking the way they came, but on the other side of this uh, uh, world. Um, and he's up there, and right when he's about to go down, this, he 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 like screams, and you see this girl, and I'm pretty sure she's holding a baby. Um, and then he falls through the well and dies. Um, mm-hmm. And again, throughout the movie, we see him looking at women or commenting on women. So uh, one of the one of the theories is that um, he, uh, you know, got killed uh, for lust. Um, but again, we don't really get that, that, that's, a, that's reading into a lot of it. But then, at yeah, the, and I think that's 
my biggest problem with this movie is I, I like all these ideas. I like the whole, you know, they're, they're, they're being metaphorical with the aspects of the seven deadly sins and the layers of hell and everything like that. I just, I wish they would have been more obvious about it. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb, but maybe no, it's also I, I one agree. of those things too, where during in editing, they took out a lot of like important context for these scenes. Um, like yeah. I that Cause I love the idea, but I just don't feel the execution was there well, with that particular too- aspect. It's honestly, because it makes me think of too, is if I'd known more about the lore, if I'd enjoy it more, um, you know, like, like if I, if I knew these things going in, if I'd be like, oh, that's what's going on. Cause do you mm-hmm. see that movie Mother with, um, who's that actress? Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see that? I have not, but I've heard a lot about it. So I, I, I know it's an, what, what's an allegory for and everything. Like I saw it and at the time when I saw it, um, my sister had just done a, a musical, uh, Children of Eden and it was all about the story of Cain and whatnot. And like mm-hmm. I, from the fucking second that movie started, I'm like, oh, this is fucking Cain. This is like, like this is <laughs> this is what's this is the creation. This is like God in nature. This is and like I was all I fucking loved watching that movie because I was like, mm-hmm. my mind was already in that zone from that fucking musical. And like and like you know the musical made me interested in second about it. So like, I'd, I'd had a lot of context built up. So when I saw the movie, it was like it felt really good. To like peel pull apart what was happening. Um, and I was actually on a date with this woman who was, and I did, did not like her at all. And it was, it was really like, that part was terrible. But like the movie, I was so into it. Like literally I walked out, I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Bye. And left. <laughs> Cause I was like, great movie. <laughs> um, but like that movie was so good, uh, because for me, because, you know, I knew that context. So I'm wondering if this is one of those movies where if I knew more about the Inferno and I knew more about this, if, if I, you know, I'm not necessarily that I have to pull at it, but like, you know, it would fit more in a place for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't. I, I just like. I feel like that might. Like I wonder. You know, if you, if we both read up on it, would we appreciate the um, what it's trying to do more? But also, is that a valid thing? Should we have to do that homework to enjoy the movie? Um, and does yeah, it function definitely. without that? You know. Mm-hmm. That is a good question, right there. It's it is it's the thing where you you want your audience to be able to figure out the metaphor you're trying to get to, but at the same time, you don't want to make it too obvious because we could be sitting here complaining about the exact opposite thing. So exactly. Yeah. Unlike, you know, for our alien of the day, Prometheus, which, you know, <laughs> lays alien covenant Prometheus. Mm, we don't need any back context. You just got to think about it. It makes sense. You know, just toss that out there. <laughs> got to bring my alien covenant in there. You know, everybody complains about alien making no, Prometheus making no sense. No, this movie makes less sense because, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. but actually, but going back to, to the death of um, Benji. So when he dies, I'm pretty sure you see the, the baby, a, ba- a woman and a baby. And mm-hmm. what I find interesting is we don't get any contacts for Benji. But at the very end, uh, three characters survive from this situation. Um, Scarlet, who we knew was going to survive. Uh, George, who knew was going to survive. And oddly enough, not, not, not their guide. Uh, you know, not anybody who matters really. But the friend of the guy that they bring down who has like three lines. And it's like, you forget he's in the movie. The three of them survive. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end, you know, they, they all talk about their sins, you know, what, the, what their deal is. So um, uh, Scarlet is that her father committed suicide and she didn't pick up the phone when he called. Um, you know, which I, you know, I, I see how that's traumatic. That's, that is, that is a, that is a very traumatic thing, I, I imagine. Uh, you know, recently, um, unfortunately, Jason David Frank passed away, um, mm-hmm. the Power Ranger. And actually, I forget who, I don't know the Power Ranger, somebody, but somebody who knew him basically posted, said, like, he called, I didn't pick up. And I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. And like, yeah. You know that 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 shit happens. That's terrifying. That's that's very sad. Um, and then, uh, in addition, as you mentioned, George, uh, his brother died when they were like they were climbing on the catacombs. Um, so he his brother drowned, just like um, the brother of Moon Knight. You know, just saying, could could, make, could be a prequel. Who knows? Um, but uh, then uh, this this last guy, Zed, I think his name is something. Um, right before they, they 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 make the leap of faith and jump down this well, basically, which would kill them, but they're like, nah, we have to believe in ourselves and you know give up our sin essentially you know admit to our sin he said that he had a wife and a child and he abandoned them mm-hmm. and so i'm Just thinking like, where did that come from yeah. came from nowhere but then if you think about it what killed benji was a woman with a baby mm-hmm. so i'm like mm-hmm. oh was that was that coming after him and like benji just got in the way which seems kind of like which seems like a, a shitty way for benji to die because like what the fuck that's like benji gets yeah. killed by somebody else's sin that seems but then how's benji supposed to get out of it so yeah yeah, so that, that's why that's why I don't know if that's what that was. Again, if it is just the lecherous thing, cool. But then why is he seeing a baby? If it's Seb's thing, then why is Benji dying? Like the the, mm-hmm. the um the girl who dies makes sense because we get the impression that her her sin, her guilt is the fact that she left that mole guy, whatever his name was, underground, and she never went and found him. Yeah, that's her thing. So that makes sense. 
and uh, again, I, I think when I read that, like something about rage, something like that, is part of that circle of hell that they're in right right then. Um, mm-hmm. So again, that that kind of all ties together. Um, but yeah, then it kind of falls apart with Zed and Benji, and that's just kind of again. I think it's one of those situations where something more would have been helpful to know what was going on with them. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is just I feel like this movie had a lot on the cutting room floor that was kind of it, it definitely feels like they have all the pieces there. I just get the feeling that probably some scenes or some aspects of things were kind of edited out for time or whatever it is. Because how long is this movie? Hour and a half? An hour and a half, yeah. Pretty pretty clean yeah. hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, so maybe like a couple of them were kind of edited out and then they just didn't realize or they just didn't have the ability to kind of take that context or didn't realize that that context was being removed by taking those scenes out. I get a very, very strong impression from this movie in terms of that's what happened. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to be super, super subtle about it, but that's that. Yeah, but well, yeah, that's I, how it goes. But I, that does make me wonder. I'm, now I'm looking at Reddit, and people have said wondering if there's an extended cut. Uh, let's mm. see. <laughs> um, anyway, in the meantime, while you're looking at that uh, real quick, um, any scenes that kind of really stuck out to you in terms of like what you really, really liked? Because I got two that I really loved. Um, one was the wall scene. I I, I, I love the one near the very end during the last 20 minutes when just shit gets bonkers. I, I, I love the last 20 minutes of this movie where everything's kind of running around. Uh, but they're being pushed up against a wall at one point trying to hide. And there's like these little statues in the wall. And then the statues come to life and attack them. I thought that was a really cool special effect. But I think my favorite scene in the entire movie is the chair scene. You know which one I'm talking about? Oh, the guy scene in the chair? Yeah, which I, I thought was Satan. Like... Oh, that, that was the lowest sense. they ever got. So, yeah, mm-hmm. where like he rises up and then he slowly looks at them and like you know he's not going to do anything good, uh, and they just run, run, run. Like that was just such a creepy movement, creepy little face. I loved it. I thought that scene was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that too. I, I thought I thought that like I was, I think like that that I I I guess I kind of go back and forth. I really liked it because I thought it was creepy and really cool, but also kind of felt like it got turned up to ten out of nowhere. <laughs> um for what's going on in the movie um but no yeah i would like to see more of that um i think anything else that was interesting i i don't i, I like i kind of liked the the first death uh the, when that first girl gets killed uh not not like said, by you know, the mole yeah by, by, by the mole because I, I thought it was just i thought the tension was good because you, you knew it was coming you fucking knew it was coming it was you, brutal too <laughs> yeah it was brutal as shit and like like from the moment he appeared you knew something that was going to happen and as soon as she starts approaching him i think that was a very much like i don't don't fucking touch him don't don't like, mm-hmm. you know like in my mind I was like, wait <laughs> stop it stop stop walk away from him walk what do you get the fuck away from him <laughs> like you know and again i didn't care for her i don't even fucking know what her name is but i was just like god like the tension in that scene worked well um and I like too that that you knew it was off because he, like, everyone thought he was dead. They go through the thing. You know that they're in the upside down essentially at that point, and he's just there. And you're like, oh shit, like fuck, shit's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> I like how he called the upside down. Perfect. <laughs> you know, what, they what, ever call the upside? Call I don't think they ever do. They call no. it below. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they know they're in hell at that point because they're like, oh, oh yeah. Um, but this is way before Stranger Things, so. Which, yeah. as we all know, invented the term upside down. Like I, I, yeah. that, that, that phrase had never existed before Stranger Things, so. Yeah, well, but, but that's because before, you know, there's right side up and there was unup, unupside up. And it was like, now we're yeah, right like, oh. up. That's how it went. Yeah. Yeah. And like, wow, yeah. that makes, that that, makes that, sense. That person, you know, oops, oops, I, I tripped and now I'm on upside up. That's what I am. That's yeah. how it goes. Uh-huh. Well, actually, I did like, I like when they were, when, when they went, uh, when they went into the upside down. And like, because there, there was the picture of like the two, I don't think they were kings. What, what were they? Were they, were they supposed to be God? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was probably the guy who's buried. It's probably that Templar guy. I was impressed ping of him i don't know um but i liked how um in the up right side up uh he was a he was a full <laughs> body uh, like a professionally preserved body and on the upside down in in, in hell he was like a desiccated corpse I thought that was uh-huh. you would have thought it the other way around i think he desiccated corpse he goes under, underground and like you know he's like in bad power but like that's the yeah, opposite definitely. of that um but what was he was he supposed to be flamel was that who he was was he flamel's uh the, the guy who i think it was just a random stone? templar knight's like just a random Knights Templar who possibly found their way down there. I don't know. I got Major Indiana Jones from five from that at the very end of the Last Crusade. Mm, I see that, uh, but I don't think that was him himself. No, because cool, that, that, that was weird. Because they said that because originally because like so the weird so the, the plot of this movie the what kicks off this movie is, is they find after the you know after they they get the guy six o'clock who knows this dead language and they, you know they use the rose key which is painted on a giant bowl or carved in a giant bowl i don't know why in, in iran for some reason um anyway mm-hmm. after all that well i guess maybe that makes sense because isn't is, is iran where um is that is that supposed to be is that, that yeah, i mean it's the cradle 
Yeah, the cradle of civilization. Yeah. That okay. makes sense. You know? That makes sense. But then, okay, so so that's there. They use that to go back. Um, and they find that, yeah, it says, like, it says it's 200. Actually, I have, I have my note. I took a note. I'm so good. Uh, it's so far <laughs> away. Um, but uh, they said that it's, you know, super far below uh, his grave. 375 feet below his, they said, yeah, they, they said hell is 375 feet down. And this is 375 and a half feet or meters, one of those two measurements. Probably meters, I'd imagine, because they're in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so theoretically, this is below his tomb. And that's, that is where Flamel's uh, stone is or the philosopher's stone is. And that's why, that's why, that's why they're trying to get down there. Um, so, yeah, it was weird there's already a body in that room. Um, and then the fact that it's just a, like a rock that they can just pull off, just pop off. Uh, but did you interpret so, – so in the movie before um, – is it before or right when the, the everything collapses? No, it's right. It's right before everything collapses. Um, she finds philosopher's stone. It's in this. It's in this piece of art, and she pops it out with a, with a knife, essentially, and it comes right out. And um, she finds it, and we and she uses it to heal somebody. And we learn later on that it's it's, it's like a it's a floppy stone, essentially. Yeah. It's um, I, I guess in in um, the Divine Comedy they say that you, if you go down there, you'll find a, a fake stone that can be used once. And that, that's mm-hmm. the stone. So she uses it once. The girl gets her arm cut, uses it, doesn't work. Um, and then it's interesting because then they use it later on, uh, the girl gets killed and she tries using it. And she's like, no, you can't use it to revive the dead. But I like that conceit because it does it. No, you just can't use it to revive the dead. You just can't use it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. then when uh, uh, when George gets bit, which is crazy, uh, she couldn't use it on him either. Um, but then she but she finds out that she has to go back and give it back. And basically by giving it back, it gives her the power to have it. Um, did you interpret it as by returning it, she, got, she became the Philosopher's Stone? Or was it like... You know, you've been the Philosopher's Stone all along. Like, how, how did you interpret that scene? Uh, returning it, I think. Like, there was the fake stone first, and then she returned it, and then she got the real stone. Like, it's kind of like a, I'm going to recharge sort of thing. Like, a, like, a, like a, you know, like, thanks for giving it back, bro. Like, you know, because I didn't get... Yeah, exactly. Because it's weird that, like, I guess my question behind, like, the riddle is, like, you have to return it. But w- what would returning it do? For, like, I, I guess it's, like, by giving it up... You, you go down there to steal it, you steal it, but then if you give it back, you give what you get what you stole. That seems kind of weird to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that logic, I, I I think that's just like a weird, I thought, I feel like that's something that, the, you know, it's the final moment, so they, they did it, and I'm just like, but when you think about that, like, what is the conceit behind that? Like, mm-hmm. if the whole point here is to hide it, why would you reward them for stealing it, essentially? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That seemed weird to me. I, again, I, I need to read, read the Divine Comedy, I suppose, to figure out if that uh, is, is actually how it goes. Um, but then, is she the philosopher's stone for life? Did did they just walk out of that fucking cave with like a god? <laughs> yeah, is that, is that how that works? Yeah, that's basically kind of interpreted at, at the very end. She's got it. She's all good at the ends um, on that front. Yeah, and that's another thing. I guess we can talk about the ending a little bit right here too. Um, what do you think of the ending? Like the ending is uh, not only do our main girl and guy escape, but also one of the tertiary characters, just kind of a random nobody, escapes as well. And like I was fully expecting him to be killed off sometime in the third act, but oh, yeah. no, he, he he's good. He's good. And at the very end, after they escape out into the streets, uh, he's just like, "All right, you two are hugging. All right, cool. I'm gonna go. Bye. Later." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, think about it. yeah. Only there are only three people who die. Which is kind of crazy, uh, uh-huh. which is and, and like one of them gets dragged into the sand, one of them falls down a hole, another one just gets their face slammed. The face slams definitely the mm-hmm. best, uh, not you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, it is weird that nobody really got like I guess uh, George got bit, but even then, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I, I wanted you know I wanted some uh, that scene in Black Adam where they go to hell <laughs> and all the demons are like, take my power, take my power. I'm the devil, take my power. I want one of those mm-hmm. devils to be standing around at a council, being like, yo, what's up? I don't know. Like <laughs> I, hell, I, I really. F- feel like this movie did a great job in terms of just its spooky scenery and everything like that like i don't feel like it needed any more kills i felt like the spookiness was good the fucked upness was good we also did get a lot of like i guess body count from the you know father who hunt himself and all of that sort of thing too Mm. just from the visions that they experienced on that front but yeah Yeah. no i felt it was very good with his imagery I would think that he turned up just a little bit. Like, again, I love the, the devil scene, but I would have liked to maybe make him slightly more menacing. Not, like, bigger horns, but maybe make him appear a couple of other places, just kind of popping mm-hmm. around. Like, I just said, like, at that point, it wasn't scary. It was just action. Not action movie, you know, thrillery, but not really scary. Um, I don't know. But I think that maybe it was because they were cutting... Maybe it's because I think maybe we'd gotten some of those scenes at a slow moment, like a creepy thing of the devil standing up and looking, and not where all this, you know, loud sounds were going on. Of all the fucking... Yeah, 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that could have been helpful if we maybe had like a slow scene of something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that's my only complaint about that. But no, I, I liked I liked the I liked the, I liked the idea that they you know they 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 came back up to the surface. I thought that was cool. Um, I don't know how I feel about the faith the you know the the leap of faith. That was kind of like again the leap of faith made sense. It didn't I mean, feel earned, yeah. Like it didn't feel earned, and again, it would have made sense if it was a story of faith, but it really wasn't a story mm-hmm. of faith. Um, it was like you know again they admit their sins, but like maybe what would have been hap- interesting is if that third that other guy had died. Because we never we never saw him confront his sin, so he when they jumped down the hole, he actually died, and they're like, "What?" It's because like, you know he didn't confront it, he didn't give it up. He was like, "Oh, I left a girl that I liked. Like I had a kid, and I and I abandoned them." You're like, "Okay, is that that's that's your mortal sin?" <laughs> like like obviously, you know, being an absentee father isn't a great thing, but that's your mortal sin. Like I mean, like I don't know, but like. I, I, you know, I guess what boys people differently, but like, is there going to be some guy there who's like, ah, oh, man, I fucking stole those Yu-Gi-Oh cards from the, uh, <laughs> that, that's that shop owner when I was 12. Fuck. And like, he'll go down yeah, there exactly. and the shop owner what will be there and be like, what happens if like Mr. Rogers goes down there or something like that? Just like, what does, what does he have to repent for? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I accidentally, you know, um, uh, uh, a, a bug hit my windshield one time. Well, and the thing about it too is it seems like it's personal. So it's your personal hell. So like mm-hmm. it could, so you could be. You could be Kanye West. Seems to be terrible. Currently. <laughs> you could be you could you could be a terrible person and go down there and you'd go down there and your sin would be like, oh man, I should have priced the Yeezys higher and like that would be like what what haunts him, not all the terrible shit he's done. Like you know, like because it seems like you know, like um, George's issue is that he feels guilty. He got lost and he feels guilty for his brother, but that's not his mm-hmm. fault. And neither is like you know, obviously you know. Um, Scarlet's thing is also tragic, but like neither of those mm-hmm. two things are their faults, and and yeah. you know, and that's and like you know, again, we don't know what happened with um, Papillon, so maybe it was his fault. Maybe he was drinking, driving. Maybe he he created that situation. Um, but like neither of those were really the thing they they proactively did. Those were all things like circumstances that happened around them. They maybe they didn't act appropriately, but it wasn't their fault. So that's their sin. And the other guy abandoned his child, wife's child, which is a lot more proactive. Maybe should be more punished because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a choice he made. Um, Especially something that happened to him as a result of him doing that. But it, it's so weird that those are their sins and none of them are like, none of them did anything bad. Like, you know, like we don't we don't see that maybe one of them was like a drug addict who like, I don't know, stole or did something to their family member to get that drug or, you know, or like, you I know, one of them killed somebody. I think it's more so not objectively what they did, but just how it's affecting their emotional state. But, like letting go of the pain, forgiving themselves rather than making amends for whatever they did or did not do. Yeah. Well, and again, I like that concept, but like, did Zed just get forgiven? Like, yo, hey, I, my, my brother died. My dad died. I, I, I don't I know. Left, maybe, I, I mean, like in Roman friend, Catholic, like... yeah, in Roman Catholic, you know, religion, which is what Dante's Inferno was kind of based on is, you know, it's the forgiveness of sin. It's the, Confession. you know, it doesn't really matter what sin you do as long as you, you have to ask for forgiveness and then it'll come to you. And I guess that's maybe what they were going for at the very, very end in terms of letting go of their pain. See, I would, yeah, I, 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 would I would just love this movie and have there be a third guy there who just like is completely like narcissistic and thinks he did nothing wrong. And just like, you know, doing finger guns all over the place. Like, like you know, like surviving everything, like walking around, like grabbing the philosopher's stone, just like trolling out of there, you know, and being like, just, you know, swan dives down the hole. And it's like, bye guys. His name is Randy. That's what it is. Yes. That's what I would, I would just love that. And like him on the side, they'd be like, yo, that devil's pretty sick looking. Why are they coming after me? I don't know. I guess I'm sinless. But like, you know, meanwhile, he like is the CEO of a company that has a bunch of like, you know, Children, you know that of that of that place in China, wherever it is, where the the people are working on the Apple products and the children are, you know, in bad conditions. But he just, you know, thinks he's doing nothing wrong, you know, like. But because you for know, some it's, reason, it's, I'm, it's I'm picturing sin. Poochie the dog from uh, The Simpsons <laughs> this entire time. <laughs> like yo, I just, yo, yo. <laughs> like I guess that's my question: is it is it self? Is it you know? Is it the fear of self? And again, like. Uh, if, if what the fuck did Benji do? And did he? He didn't seem that feel that bad about it, <laughs> whatever it was, because he never mentioned it or seemed caught down by it. So is it the fact that he doesn't care? Like that? Like if Benji was just like a casualty of happenstance, that's kind of weird. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's the, that. Those are all my questions come into play. <laughs> like, it, like now that we have this established lore, kind of, I just want to know the, the logistics behind it. Um, because again, like maybe Papillon maybe seems the most deserving if that was his fault. Uh, but also like, so in his case, um, whatever he was done was deemed bad enough that the devil just fucking pulled him into it and killed him. But in the case of, um, George, 
and uh, Scarlet, it was like, yeah, it wasn't really your fault. So I'm going to taunt you a little bit with it to help you guys realize maybe it wasn't your fault. And then, like, you can go. <laughs> like, because why didn't, like, why didn't the dad just, like, choke her out? Or, you know, if that, if his, if his goal was to kill her, if that was, you know, um, I guess may, maybe Benji, not maybe me, Benji, maybe um, Papillon's more consumed by his guilt and we just don't see it. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like, maybe, maybe George, like, is sad about going into caves and he just kind of tells a story about his brother to make a reason that to hide his claustrophobia and be like oh no it's because my brother died there that's why i don't but in reality doesn't feel that bad about it <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know he's like yeah you know well it wasn't really my bad you know i just don't like caves whatever but like I, it's a good excuse it's a good excuse not to go into that cave to say my brother died in a cave like no one's gonna question that shit like you know yeah definitely you know you're not gonna follow up with that on that front yeah like, yeah right? definitely <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That's that's my criticism. Again, I, I'm making fun of it, but it's, it's again, I really enjoy the movie. It's one of the things that the after I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is definitely one of those things where like we're really overall we're, we are nitpicking. Like overall, mm-hmm. I think we both really enjoyed this movie. We definitely feel it has flaws. Could have been better in so many ways, but this is very much a oh yeah, this meal was so good, but it would have been a tiny little bit better if we did that. But the only reason why we're criticizing so much is because we did enjoy it. Yeah, like this is this is worth watching. I feel very good. I feel it's very authentic to the catacomb experience. I really like the Dante's Inferno, Inferno allegory. I think the imagery was fantastic. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I I did really enjoy this movie. Yeah, well, I think I think like you said, it's it's because we enjoy that we have these questions. We want to know and explore these things. Like you know, if it was a bad movie, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd be like, oh, well, that was fucking dumb. The end. But like you know, I I care about what the ending's gonna be. I care about you know, I want to know what the lore is behind it because I'm curious. And I you know, I think I I give it the credit that I think it probably had some reasoning behind it. And I want to know what that definitely is. Um, you know, I want I want, I want to know more. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, any final thoughts on as above, so below? Yeah, I'd say go see it. You know, and like. I, I think I feel like I talked to you about my idea before about trying to watch movies in certain locations. You know, they should do a screen. They should do like, you know, like going like going to the woods and watching the ritual or, you know, go to the woods and watching the Blair Witch Project, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? like they do with uh, the thing. Like yeah. the very last flight out of it at Antarctica for the winter. Um, all the researchers at McMurdo get together and they all watch the thing, which is fantastic. Wait. I know they have like, occasionally they have like secret raves and like Halloween parties and stuff down in the catacombs. So I'm sure someone has done it at some point down there so so not gonna, not gonna lie when, when they when they first mentioned when the brother appeared and it's like go find papillon he's in this club i assumed it was gonna be a club that like went into the catacombs like you know like in um in that new uncharted movie with tom holland they like go through these I never saw they, it oh at one point they, they run through a bunch of like ancient ruins under a church and they pop out into like a club <laughs> and i assumed oh, it was yeah. gonna be, <laughs> i thought it was gonna be that um so uh you know but um anyway but yeah i think that'd be cool to do something like that but also now i want to figure out dan can we can we somehow get on a, on a flight to australia to uh, australia to um antarctica just just to fly back after watching the thing no yeah 100 <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it let's do it we'll make our way down there absolutely i'm um, in i'm totally in yeah but yeah but how about you any, any last thoughts uh no not really like good experience if you are to go to paris uh, i would say this is definitely worth uh, killing a morning for um i do want to let you know as of when we're recording this which is december 2022 you can only book tickets up to a week beforehand so like if it's uh, let's say we're recording on the fifth right now you can only book it up to seven days beforehand so earliest i could book it or latest i could book it right now was the 12th uh so just be aware of that um if you don't see it on their front definitely on that um yeah, but it was a cool experience, and hmm. Paris has a lot of cool stuff too. So, yeah, boy. Yeah, awesome. And so I, I know. So I talked to you prior to the episode starting. Um, I don't know if you wanted to do two episodes uh, with the rest of this season or three. Or by season, I mean year. month that we're in. Yeah, year. That's, uh-huh. It's also year. it's the end of a month, end of a year. Who knows? End of a, an era. Um, but um, uh, so I, I talked about wanting to do the new Black Christmas 2019. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard bad things. Um, I really enjoy the first one. I'm okay with the second. The sequel, I'm, I'm okay with. Uh, or that sequel, sorry. The uh, second, the first remake, I was okay with. So I, I want to, this is an excuse for me to see it and probably shit on it a lot. Um, did you want to try to do three movies or four movies? Or what, were you, what, Ooh, what, gosh, is, what is yeah. your timeline? Like? I feel like four is a lot. No, I do. Four <laughs> is definitely a lot. So we could try for three, definitely. Yeah, because um, yeah, I'm pretty open the entire month of December. The only thing is I will be you know traveling with my family over Christmas, obviously uh but yeah other than that's that's that so right. cool so I yeah was thinking, black christmas and then let's try some what what, what are the other thing you were thinking so the other thing i was thinking is not really a thing i didn't have an idea um <laughs> but you know with our limited community engagement that we have and there are a bunch of shitty um christmas movies out there and I, you know there's a bunch of them like there's fucking like santa shark 
and all them are Santa Jaws. <laughs> um, so I figured, you know, maybe we could put out a like, hey, for the five people to listen to us on uh, Instagram, do you want to pick pick a, like a terrible horror, you know, a Christmas, a holiday movie? It doesn't be Christmas. It can be. Mm-hmm. Are there Hanukkah horror movies? I'm sure there are. Because I'd, I'd, I'd be down for that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, throw out a, a terrible holiday uh, horror movie and we'll we'll do that too. What, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, no, we are know, always taking suggestions. I like that. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll toss it out there. You know, we'll pick, you'll put out however many people get. We'll, we'll pick one of them. Because uh, I, I like that idea. And, you know, it could turn me something, something new. And, you know, it'll be another, it'll be on brand theme, uh, a themed film of sorts. Ideally. Most definitely. Yeah, boy. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this has been Permanent Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Uh, our opening theme song is Teddy's Atlas with Horror Movie Story. You could get that off the album Children of the Corn. Good, good Canadian boys. Um, and that is everything we've got for today. So stay groovy. Bye. <laughs>